This is Betrayal, Part 2. It's the healing side of betrayal. Stay tuned. There's a lot more in store. Welcome to Doing It Best with Elder Care Success, where we explore ways to relieve the stress, exhaustion, and overwhelm that we all face in caring for an aging parent, frail spouse, or partner. Fear, frustration, emotional and financial strain does not have to be your M.O. Stay tuned as we dive into different and new ways of finding more joy together with those that we love and care for and while keeping our feet solid on the ground. Hang tight. There is a better road ahead. Hey, everybody. It's Nancy May from Doing It Best with Elder Care Success. And yes, this is part two with Holly Kenley, who is an author, therapist, and speaker, and she is the most fascinating expert on the subject of betrayal. Now, if you haven't already heard part one, I will have a link to that show in the episode notes and all the details about Holly, including her TEDx talks and everything else. But this subject on betrayal and the caregiver and the family relationship and siblings and the society, I mean, we're getting really deep on this in part one is just beyond fascinating. We've been through a couple of stages and what's going on and the difference between betrayal and grief and the five stages of grief or seven stages of grief, depending upon who you're listening to and what this means and what the difference is. But we're going to dive a little further into the whole subject of betrayal. And so, Holly, welcome back. Thank you so much. I am just sitting on the edge of my seat thinking... (laughs) Oh my God, what's next? <laughs> what can, actually, what can I learn? Because I don't, I know there's just like so much from, from betrayal in the relationship as a caregiver to going back to work to the everything. So take it from here, please. Take it off my plate. <laughs> oh, Nancy, thank you again. And yeah, this, this subject betrayal is so layered and so complex as we were talking about. So I am so happy that we have some additional time to continue our conversation. I kind of want to pick up a little bit from the last, for the first episode, and with the idea that we each experience our own betrayal very uniquely and very at different ways and different times and in different ways. And so we want to be just, uh, we were talking about this comparison between siblings and things, especially when we're taking care of a parent But I want to just back up a little bit more and share a couple of healing principles. And the first one is that when we're betrayed, is that betrayal pulls us outward of ourselves, that we are just, we're desperate to make sense of things, to reclaim our truths, to try to rebuild our worth, get back our power, all this kind of stuff. So betrayal is just pulling us outward. And I do want to talk about the this three states of being in just a minute. And what I'm saying will connect to that. But the other piece is that one of the biggest, I call them traps of betrayal, is that people believe that in this being pulled outward, that someone or something else is going to fix it or make it right. And so they're turning to that person, even to the betrayer, even to that source, and just waiting for that fix, waiting for that, for some change, some insight, some awareness, some acknowledgement of their pain and something from that other person, place, or source to, to make it right. 
And that's, that's just naturally what we feel when we're betrayed. But the healing is just the antithesis of that. One, we must... So, tr- so it's not like Tinkerbell's going to come along and, and blink her magic wand and all of a sudden, poof, we're better. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> instead, instead, it's poof, we're still a newt. <laughs> yeah. So we have to turn inward and we have to, as my kind of catch saying or phrase is that we have to right ourselves and recover our loss of self. And when we're talking about just connecting this with elder care, for a minute, uh-huh. is that if and going to that parent who may have betrayed you, you, in my opinion, must do your healing work first. Sometimes there's this sense of urgency. There's this end of life coming. There's this, again, in my opinion, Nancy, that you've got to go make peace, that you've got to go forgive. And Maybe you don't, right? In my opinion... If that is done prematurely, without doing the healing within yourself first, you open yourself up for re-injury and re-betrayal. And that concept goes across the board, whatever kind of the betrayal is. So, Because you can't fix the other person necessarily, right? Right. You can't be the magic one that's going to make you know mom better or dad better or even your employer less of a jerk that's made life difficult for you. It, well, it's just like anything. We can't take care of ourselves first. Then how can we do anything else well? Exactly. I, Nancy, I often compare it to is let's say you, you break your leg or you've had surgery on your leg. Let's say you break your leg and it's in a cast. It's got multi-fractures mm-hmm. or breaks or whatever. You got the cast on. You don't get up and start running. Right. Okay. You take care of yourself. You tend to it. We, we do this physically. It is always just so somewhat mind-boggling to me, and yet I get it. We don't give ourselves the permission to that to do that emotionally and psychologically. Because we can't see it. It's not a tangible thing. I think that's, that's part of it. We, we can't see the damage that happens to us in the intangible form, yet that damage and that hurt or that breakage is even greater sometimes than a physical damage. Yes. And also, Nancy, I agree with you, there's not an awareness, but there's also cultural, familial, and societal pressure. And so like, to, to be perfect or to well, uh, you know, a, explain that a, a sibling more. saying, you need to go visit mom. Oh, okay. I got it. Um, yeah. a, a, a spiritual leader, you know, you, you've got to go forgive your mother. Yeah, but no, not necessarily. You don't have to, right? right, Like I said in the other show, the the guy just walked away and it it saved him, actually. Yes. So, but I just, I see this happens that there's just these external messaging that's coming that you have to go do this, you have to go do that. And I'm just saying that's one of the forms of resistance out there. Okay. Okay. Along with our own lack of maybe internal awareness. And Mm -hmm. so it's just, Again, giving ourselves that permission to, and it's what's required in, he, in healing from betrayal, to quiet the noise, turn inward, and do our healing work. And then, and only then, when that is you know, working with a coach or a therapist or a counselor, whoever, is that when that healing and you, the person, the client knows it, that they're in a, on solid enough ground to go and revisit 
that healing, whether the other person is living or not, because I've seen it happen both ways with both. The, After somebody's passed yes, as well? Absolutely. To heal that relationship after you've done the healing work yourself on yourself Ooh, now i've seen that i've seen that with others and heard it with others especially after a passing because the guilt then is so deep in some cases and you don't want to pass it on to others that you love either right I also want to put out this concept is that it might sound like I'm contradicting myself. So if I need to go further, just let me know. Mm -hmm. it, forgiveness is, first of all, I have to I always ask my client when you, if they bring it up, what does that mean to you? It typically means some kind of releasing. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of other connotations, but it's, so, it's but forgiveness is not necessarily healing, correct? Okay. I believe forgiveness is an important practice of releasing another person okay, okay. or releasing the betrayer a releasing mm -hmm. of that person forgiveness in my opinion does not heal the betrayal wound okay and that's because it's still it's still deep it's still a, the deep seed inside yes you can release it but you can't well, or releasing is different. Well, forgiving, I forgive you, but you're still holding on to it, right? Yes. Although and what's unfortunate is that the three most common things that, that people are told is that time will heal, is that you just need to learn to trust again. Just, there's the word just, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you need to forgive and move on. Okay, let's go with trust again. That goes back to what I was saying a minute ago. We have to learn to trust in ourselves first. Then we have that foundation to learn how to trust again. Okay. If your partner has betrayed you and abandoned you and left, what divorced, just left, whatever, individuals who go right back out, what happens? They end up repeating that pattern because they haven't- oh, You hear that all the time, right? You find the bad boy or the bad girl and it's just the you keep finding them and because they're the sexy one well maybe not they're the dagger they haven't healed they haven't learned to trust Got it. know who they are and trust who they are okay let's go to forgiveness we kind of touched upon mm -hmm. that already but okay just forgive and move on my research my uh -huh. belief forgiveness might re might release the betrayer it doesn't heal the betrayal wound so again you're navigating on a unhealed foundation and it might work, but it doesn't heal the wound. It might release the person, but not heal the wound. The third one, time. Time doesn't do anything but build resentment. You get better, bitter instead of better. It's what you do with the time that is important. These are really deep things. And I don't mean that to sound superficial because it sounds kind of like light, but that's that's not because we've both seen how how difficult it is to actually move through these stages, especially for so many of us in the course of our lives and our careers that have been told to be super achievers. Mm -hmm. And you want to get it done like now. All right. I've spent the last 30 minutes with Holly, so I am <laughs> perfecto <laughs> or, or superwoman, like not. 
what are some ways that we can actually start getting on this path so that we can, I don't want to say quickly, but we can start taking a, a more, maybe the term is aggressive step forward so that we're heading in a positive direction. Because putting your foot on solid ground the first time is hard. But once you realize it's not going to go out from underneath you, it feels good. Yes. And then the next step is if I take step two, is it going to feel the same way? And then step three, four, five, six kind of things. So what are some things that we can do to actually kind of start getting there? Especially for the like the A plus or maybe even the ADHD personalities. <laughs> and Nancy, I do want to say what you just said, that there there isn't a quick fix, that it takes a, a, a lot of work. And I do want to just briefly mention the three states of being, because this goes okay. to the core of the work that I have discovered about betrayal. The three states of being are when someone is betrayed or they're unearthing a past one, you're going to navigate through these three states of being. They're not, I call them states because it's not a permanent placement and that's what gives us hope. And that's important to know. Yes. Critical. The first one is the state of confusion. And we know, you'll know because you're asking why. Why did this happen? How could this happen? Why would they do this to me? All of that. And in this state of confusion, we are desperately trying to make sense out of something that does not make sense. You're trying to right-side it and make, and make it perfect right from the beginning when you don't know even what it is to begin with and why this happened, right? Exactly. So that's a tough one. The healing work begins there is in working through the state of confusion and unhooking yourself from trying to make sense of something that does not make sense. When there's a really profound violation, and I'm talking about when things go into illegal and criminal activity, sometimes this can take months, years. And then even when that's worked through, it can be resurfaced with a court ruling not going in your favor and things like that. I think of a friend whose husband, well, he eventually died as a result of a diagnosis from a doctor who he was having a bad fever, and and she's since passed, but it's just keep taking aspirin and lots of fluids, and then he ended up having a massive, massive brain hemorrhage and a high, like a, like 104 temperature, some ridiculous number like that for several days, and they said, don't come into the hospital, don't come to the doctor, just, you're fine, don't worry about it. And that's a huge violation of a doctor. Somebody we talked back in episode one on on trust relationship, but not making sense of it and not the confusion there. I can see that happening. So <laughs> thank you for sharing that. That's important to know. The second state of being is the state of worthlessness, which we talked a little bit about in the first mm -hmm. episode. And I call it the well of worthlessness. And as I said, because everything has been robbed, redefined, and relinquished to a lesser state than what we knew before, our role, our identity, all of that. This state, the second state of worthlessness, I think is the most painful and the most debilitating, and it takes the most work. And in, Is that because it personally, it's more in our gut, in our soul of who we are in yes. society and in a family or to a, even to a parent or other siblings? Absolutely. 
role, identity, purpose, all of that. We have no belonging, yes. right? Yes. At that stage. Okay. And I just want people to hear there. I have many remarkable st- uh, stories and clients who have recovered and redefined their lives. And it's, anyway, so there's just so much hope and healing. I want people to know that. I, I do have grab that brass <laughs> ring. It's I have, there. I have, and it's forget it's brass. It is a golden platinum. Maybe it's a diamond or ruby ring. I don't know. <laughs> I have three little tips I'm going to give it at the end that you asked me to okay. be thinking about. So please. That, all right. Then we move into the last state of state of being. And that is again, it's another very painful state. It's called the state of powerlessness. I call it the prison walls of powerlessness. I do want to mention that these three states of being can overlap depending upon if there's one betrayal, reoccurring betrayals, episodic betrayals, those kinds of things. So there's not... We get stuck into that rut. Yeah, it can, that, you can so be cycling like, around. Know, the rat on yeah. the wheel type of thing, yeah. So in this state of powerlessness is that we have obviously, we feel our lives have been totally changed and controlled, rearranged from what has happened. And at the mm-hmm. same time, we are desperately trying to control and change and get back our truths, re-secure our truths, get back our life that we had before. And it's just, we're just spinning in this state of powerlessness. And one minute we're kind of volatile and the next minute we're vulnerable. You know, one minute our voice is loud, the next minute it is silenced because it's just a very frantic state. And this state is, is so important because we do, in our healing work, want to reclaim our voice We want to find a platform and a path forward that gives us meaning and purpose. And I just want the listeners to hear that is absolutely possible. Nancy, you're doing it. It's what I do. It's what all of us that are out on a mission to help other people take our pain and turn it to purpose. So that's, I don't want to say that you can't, that that, yes, you don't want to go out again while you have to do the healing first. Because if you go out, when you hear your voice at the beginning of a betrayal, if you could record it and how you're reacting to people and things, and then you record it later when you've done your healing work as a different person. Yeah, I, you know, it's almost interesting to, well, it's very interesting to hear you say that because even if you didn't physically record it, you can sort of play it in your head and you look back and you think how you thought you sounded to people then and what you can even hear that and how people sort of play it back to you. Like you're different, you know, and so how am I different? What what was going on? And I think sometimes we overcompensate. So instead of being when we're trying to you know, go on that path to a so, sort of a better road, I'll call it right. So we overcompensate, and now we're these champions. I'm like, okay, chill out a little bit. You don't need to conquer the world all at once, just like one step at a time. <laughs> yes. Don't force your opinion down my throat. <laughs> but we've all seen it, and it's, like I said, you, you, gentler and, and positive works better than in your face and, like, being a little too close for comfort. I guess that's the only way I can describe it. Yes. Save it for your therapist or your counselor. Right. I mean, yeah. No, that you, does, you can blow in their face. Yeah, it does. Don't blow it in everybody else's face because you're going to face rejection and betrayal again yes. because of how 
how you're overcompensating for this healing, if I'm correct. Yes. And I do want to affirm what you're saying as it does need to come out. It does need to be processed. So, and with someone who has compassion and understanding and is there to receive it and guide you through it. And sometimes if it is a therapist, great, or some other sort of guidance support, but somebody who's just be, somebody who's just willing to just shut up and sit there and listen. Yes. Right? Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> a good friend that will just say, I'm here to listen. And and really listen yeah. and just like <laughs> zip it. <laughs> yes. Yes. No advice, no problem solving, just. Yeah, just vent on me. It's okay. Yes. I'll go have a glass of wine when we're done. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this is great. Okay. I, I thought if we want, do you want to move into kind of three little tools, kind of helpful tools? Please give me the tools. Okay. <laughs> I need the golden key, the brass ring, the okay. diamond ring, the platinum, whatever it is. Just give me the keys to the that golden jewel box. Okay. These are just three, just little healing tips, if you will, that I have found help when clients are doing their healing work and either want to have or attempting to re-enter into relationship with their betrayer or even individuals who haven't yet, but maybe perhaps want to and, or sometimes there's no choice, you know, there's a divorce, there's there's shared children and they have to meet up with the ex for whatever. So, and I call this selective investment. And it's kind of a, people kind of go, what, Holly? And I said, okay, the thinking behind this is that we can intentionally and selectively choose how much of ourselves we want to invest into someone or something. Hmm. Most of us tend to go all in or all out. And so there's no happy medium in between. <laughs> we can't like do it perfectly and just say, all right, guess what? We've actually done it right this time. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, this has to do with boundary work and this has to do with keeping expectations in mind. But let's say you're getting ready to go have a visit with someone who's sort of unsafe, you're not feeling comfortable with, is that I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to stay for about 20 minutes. I'm going to keep my statements. I'm not going to talk about myself. I'm going to keep my statements very brief, very generic, but caring, but not too caring so that I'm not betraying myself. I'm going to be mindful of the sub certain subject areas. So it's making a very, like I said, intentional investment and selective in how you're going to show up all really around protecting you and what you need to keep safe, and yet at the same time, stretching you just enough to see if you can enter into that relationship or not. Clients do this and they come back and we process that, what worked, what didn't work, what do we need to cut back on, what can you, you know, stretch a little bit, what do you need to not go for a while? So, like, What was uncomfortable and just even... I'm just thinking here, thinking, so if you put a timer on your phone, yes, <laughs> right? Yes. Small chunks and the timer goes off after 20 minutes. I got to go, mom. I got to go, dad. I got to go, sis, brother, whatever, my friend, whoever that is. I've got to go. I've got another appointment to go to. You don't need to necessarily tell them that it's the timer to say 
if I stay here, I'm going to break and you're going to regret it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And in that, always have an exit statement prepared and ready. Or something might come up in this time to visit that triggers you or activates you. It's always okay to have an exit statement ready. You implement it. It's done respectfully and compassionately and you leave. Okay, so that's one tool, selective investment. I, I, I think of like the dating age. Oh, this is slightly different. So you go to the bathroom after a bad date and you don't <laughs> come back. <laughs> you yeah. can't actually do that with a parent who's aging. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. Um, the next one, I call it the betrayal barometer. Mm-hmm. Actually, I probably should have given this one first. So let's say that you have a day scheduled that you're going to go visit or you know, it, or you're going to talk on the phone, whatever. Before you do that, you check in with yourself. Okay, because we have good days and bad days, right? How am I feeling today? today? Yeah. Is, do I go there? Right? Yeah, so I even ask clients to say, are you in the red, yellow, or green zone? Hmm. Okay. Green, you've been implementing your self-care. You've been doing your healing work. You're feeling strong. You're in a good place. Okay, I can do this. Yellow. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what? So good. Maybe you need to. Maybe you need to do some meditation. Maybe you need to do some self care. Maybe you need to really look, go back, and see what your selective investment is going to look like. Maybe you need to right. make it okay. But that's a, just a real informative zone. Red. No. No. You're not in a good place, who knows what's happened, what's been triggered or activated, and you need to reschedule. Right. Okay. Yeah, pro- just processing those three, the red, yellow, and uh, and green zones. You know, sometimes it takes a little while to trust ourselves that we know exactly where we are, too, right? <laughs> we'll know after the fact once we've yes. gone over the cliff, but sometimes we don't always know before we get on the road. And, and that's okay. And Nancy, I'll, I always say to clients when they come in, if they start to go, start to beat themselves up, I say, what did you learn? What did you learn? What can you take away from that? What can we readjust? Okay. Every interaction gives us information. Every, so true. So why not just learn from it and move on from there? I just really try to help them get out of that going into that well of worthlessness and start beating themselves up again. Because it takes practice. Yes. And it took practice to get there into that dark hole to begin with, no matter whether it was your fault or somebody else's beating on over the years or or vice versa. It's, uh, you know, life is practice session for something, and we just hope it's positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Nancy, I don't know how our time is, if I have time well, go to ahead, go. ahead, because you said number three. You okay. had a third one, right? Number three, it's it's a four-step exercise, but it's it's really short. It, it, it's important. Let's, let's say you're in a conversation with the betrayer, and you do get triggered or activated. Now, I said a minute ago, you have an exit statement in place. Mm-hmm. But let's say you're, you've come a long ways, and you get triggered or activated. What you're going to do, it's four steps. You're going to stop. You're going to just immediately stop and and use that ex- exit statement and remove yourself from the betrayer. Go step outside. Go to a closet. Go to the restroom. Go go wherever. 
Okay, you got to stop and detach. Next one is you're going to calm. You're going to calm yourself. Do some, this can be done in 30 seconds, six, a minute, right. maybe calm yourself. Do some deep breathing, meditate, just get yourself back into your state of being. The third thing, and this one is important, is to reaffirm yourself. Reaffirm your growth. Re- the strength, how good you are yes. at what you've done, so you're strong, right? Yes, just some self-affirmations right then and there. If you've got a mirror, that's great. Look in it. This is who I am. This is who I am today. This is the work I've done. I'm in this healed place. Once you've done that and you feel grounded, you feel centered and grounded, if you don't, you need to leave. You need to go back out and leave. But if you physically remove yes, yourself yeah, from the situation, yes. right? But if you feel the last one is that you can release, rehearse, and redirect yourself, if you can go back and then re enter into the relationship, then you do that. Mm-hmm. But if you can't, then you leave. Now, that can actually, I'm just rehearsing this concept and this conversation in my head here. If you're in a situation and you're having a conversation and you're stuck and you want to do that, you know, stop, release, remove yourself from the situation, you may have to do it even three or four times in the course of a visit, right? Absolutely. Yes. And that's okay. It's wonderful. Because Uh, at least each time you've, aha, I'm here. Yes. Stop. Take a breath. Leave. Yes. You yeah. are in- and have your exit stage left conversation. I feel quick. Quick was a quick draw McGraw. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like cartoon character. But sometimes a little levity goes a long way when you think about this. Okay, it's my time to oop, exit stage left. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and Nancy, I want the audience to hear this: is that every time you do one of these things, selective investment, your betrayal barometer, your four-step exercise, you are writing yourself. That's and the reward point. yourself. And Say, hey, yes. good job, Nance. Right. Good job, Holly. Next. You are taking care of yourself. This is the process of healing from betrayal. Is that you're turning inward, you're listening to yourself, and you are taking care of yourself. You are defining what you do. You are determining what you do, not someone else. And ultimately, I'm not the therapist here, but in listening and having this conversation, if you do this, Maybe the person that has created that that sense of anxiety or betrayal or whatever it is, whether it's you or some or somebody else against you, they may even learn from this too at the same time, right? Mm. So now you've got a relationship that could be stronger or better, or if they've already been, if they're already deceased, that's a little harder because they've already <laughs> removed themselves from the situation. <laughs> Yes, yes, pun intended. But at least then there's only one person to deal with. It's you. Yes. Versus <laughs> I guess that's the positive side of things. Nancy, what you just said is so important. We don't do this work, like, as we've alluded to earlier, for what other people, how other people are going to respond. We do it for ourselves. But it is amazing what happens when we do the work, how other people respond. Well, because we change and they're thinking like, oh, my God, you're so amazing. And it's like, of course I'm amazing. Like, why didn't you know that earlier? (laughs) (laughs) This is fabulous, Holly. Oh, my gosh. We could go on. And I think I'm going to have you back for another show at at another time. 
Thank you. But are there any sort of closing words that you would like to add at this point? Because again, there's so much we could go on. And and yes, I think we're going to have to do like maybe a holiday episode on this because that could be a real like biggie, like what happens when there's holiday pressure and everybody wants you to be perfect. And no, I'm not Martha Stewart or <laughs> nor do I want to be. Sorry, Martha. <laughs> or maybe not sorry, Martha. <laughs> I think the only thing that I would like to add, and this has just come to my mind because a lot of the comments from individuals that have posted on my TED Talk is, please, it doesn't matter what your age is, how long you've been living with betrayal, with betrayers, is that healing is your choice. And no one can prevent you from doing that but you. And with betrayal, which is maybe untrue with other issues, as you've heard Nancy and me say, it is your work. And I had, Nancy, just quickly, one of the, I think it was the eldest client that I've ever had. I think she, she's in her early 80s, right wow. before, about a year before COVID. And the work that she did and she'd never been in counseling before, too. I wanted to put that out there. Ooh. Was extraordinary. Just extraordinary. So please don't put any limits on yourself. Just And she was living her life the way she wanted to, right? As they say, as long as you're on this side of the grass, things are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't start digging before you have to. <laughs> or they have to. Yeah. But... Uh, at that in itself is pretty exciting because we're talking about caregivers, yet even at 80, you can be caring for somebody. You can be a grandparent caring for a child yes. or an adult child or a grandchild. So please, this is something that we all have to learn and learn from it and learn by doing because we really, every day is a better day and that's the way it should be. Yes, Absolutely. And Nancy, she was caring for her spouse, and she felt so betrayed. And, right. and how, he got yeah, sick, and she this, now, how did she have yes. to do this? How, how dare he, right? Yes, exactly. I get, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, but she, she did the work. And when he passed, she was in a beautiful place. And now she... I can imagine. Yeah. She was able to let him go to wherever he had to go. If there is another world, we don't know. I said, I could keep saying... We don't know unless somebody's coming back to write that memoir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll come back and write that memoir someday. <laughs> but Holly, this has been an amazing discussion, two sessions. And we're going to definitely have you back, I think, especially around the holiday times, oh. because there's so much that goes on there. For everybody listening, I will have all Holly's information in the episode notes. Her book, Daughters Betrayed by Their Mothers, Shifting Bravely breaking through betrayal and the list goes on she's got nine other books holly is just a special find for me and i hope that she's a special find for you too so thank you holly you've been a gift thank you nancy so much if you like the show please as we're speaking about gifts consider giving the gift of a link to the show to somebody that you love it doesn't cost anything other than maybe two seconds to say here i think you should listen and on that note, we'll see you soon, and we'll hear you soon. Bye-bye. 
This show is sponsored by Caremanity, the publishers of How to Survive 911 Medical Emergencies, a step-by-step guide before, during, and after. For your own personalized free file of life, go to www.howtosurvive911.com. All trademarks, brands, and comments are not intended to be substitutes for medical, financial, or legal advice. Please consult a medical, legal, or financial professional for issues relevant to your own personal situation. This show is produced by Caremanity, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright, Caremanity, LLC.